extratime.ie. League of Ireland football is our passion. Hello and welcome to this week's extratime.ie sportscast. My name is Josh Dolan and I'll be your presenter for this week's edition. Alongside me in the studio is senior reporter Gareth O'Reilly. On today's show we speak to our very own Dundalk-based reporter Quivian Riley as he tells us all about his experiences that he had when Dundalk travelled to play AZ Alkmaar last week in Europa League. And we also speak to Bray Wanderers defender Conor Kenna as he tells us about while Bray Wanderers have a part-time status, it's far from that at the Carlisle Grounds. You can email us at extratimelive at gmail.com. Get in touch through Facebook or tweet us at Extra Time News. And now on the Extra Time Dolly Sportscast, we're delighted to be joined by Bray Wanderers defender Conor Kenny. You're very welcome on, Conor. Cheers, lads. How's it going? Not too bad. And I guess there's only there's only one place to start uh, that great 4 0 win over Sligo Rovers on Saturday, Saturday night in the Carlisle Grounds. Uh, it's it's been quite a nice few weeks for Bray. I mean, you, you got that you got that victory over Pats, and I think it's actually only two defeats in your last fifteen games for Bray as well. So, what what's kind of changed there since Harry Kenny comes in? He came in. He's, he seems to have created something quite special amongst the players. Yeah, to be fair, um, Liam's come in. Uh, Liam O'Brien's come in, and um, the training that's been very good. So, yeah, Harry touched on a few things and tied a few things up. So, um, no, there's a few new players in as well, which is. There's given a bit of competition for places and lads have to look over their shoulder. So um no, it's uh, it's very positive at time for Bray at the moment. Um it's just a pity it took so long to get started. Yeah, and it's it's been quite a turbulent few few years I guess since Alan Matthews took over, then after he left Trevor Crawley came in, then of course you had Majay Tarnagrotsky there and it's Mick Cook then it's only really seemed to have settled down now and but given given yourself that it's your it's your first year it's your first year there, you want a good impression of the club now that it has settled down halfway through the season under Harry Kenny and I guess you you feel at home and in a very professional environment now, Bray. Yeah, really enjoying it. I said the club do everything they can for you as well, which is great. Uh, just a pity, as I said, we couldn't start things off better. A lot of new players, and it took time to get going. But um, said, we don't want the season to end now at the moment. The way we're going, we're going to keep continuing. And just in in relation to how it works day to day is can you maybe compare it with the, the likes of Shamrock Rovers and St. Pat's that you were at or is it maybe a little bit different is there still maybe a part time feel to it or is it is it very much full time um, yeah well in this league it's a part time title but um, it's by far part time um, we're trying to do everything the right way Ray to be honest uh, it is much similar to the likes of Pat's and Rovers where I've been at the attitude of the board and everyone, the management is, is trying to push it to that full-time commitment. But um, yeah, it's a part-time um, title, that's about it. And just to take it back again there to the other night, obviously uh, scoring four goals, something that's not happened too often this, se- this season. Goals from Jared Pender, Darren Noon, uh, Andrew Lewis and uh, a very rare one for uh, Sean Harding there as well. Um, yeah, but- cracker. <laughs> <laughs> I just always one or two. Um but in, in relation to that, do you think that's maybe something that Bray really need to improve on next season to maybe find the proven goal scorer? I mean, I think Dylan Connolly, he's had a great season, but I think he's he's actually a top goal scorer with four. So is that maybe something that's to be worked on for the future of Bray to push on to that next level? To be honest, um, if, if you can get all the lads that can score, it doesn't really matter. Once you can get goals, to be honest, um, it's always... Nice to have your striker scoring goals, but we've everybody that's chipping in with goals. Just as you said, there you named the lads there. 
Um, there's lads that come, come back, come, come off the bench, back from injuries and that, that have come on and scored as well, which just shows that now that we have that bit of uh, competitiveness in training, we're trying to drag it onto the pitch now as well. Yeah, and of course, in in recent weeks after that, uh, after that court defeat, I think it was the the four nil that you really seemed to, I guess, turn everything around and everything everything looked rousy again and. I I guess I can I can only really speak about just this season. The only time, unfortunately, I've actually seen you is that t- that two one victory against St Pat's, and you really looked the team. I mean, uh, I know St Pat's took the lead through Graham Kelly that day, but you weren't long about turning it around, and you seem to have a real belief despite the the amount of young players, the likes of Dylan Connolly, uh, Darren Noon, who I have to say I was very very impressed with that night as well. You seem to have a good young crop of players there as well. Yeah, we've got a good mix at the moment. Um, we have a lot of experienced lads around. Um, we have a few injuries at the time as well, so we have a lot of experienced lads in the background as well. So it is with these young lads coming in as well. It helps them, and um, you need a bit of mix to be honest with the the older lads and the younger lads just to help them out. But um, looks at Darren has done brilliant since he's come in. He's a top player, um, but there's a few other lads there as well that are, are similar. And is that kind of you're kind of getting to the business end of the season? The last few games coming up now, it's it's unlikely you're gonna you're gonna get anywhere. Um, like kind of you're gonna catch like Shamrock Rovers or any of that. More Sligo Rovers on 37 points you might be looking to go after. Um, is there kind of been a reevaluation of where you want to finish, or have you kind of talked in training any kind of thing, or just kind of trying to win every game, or is there any um, plans to look ahead to even next year or whatever? Um, no, to be honest, um, Harry's come in and Harry set a tone now, and he said that he wants to finish high as possible. And um, he's demanding it off us week in, week out. As you can see, that we haven't obviously we're safe compared to a few, a few of the teams. So we've made that clear. And he wants to just keep on catching the teams above us. I think we caught balls this week. So to the next team is Galway. So you want to keep on moving up and keep winning games. And kind of Braywood, one of the major stories last um, last winter, last off season, the kind of the amount of players they managed to bring in, and some of the high profile um, players that that were brought into the club, trying to kind of push it further and further up the table. Um, has there been any kind of talk about maybe adding a couple of more pieces to try to even get higher and kind of push on for European place, which I suppose is what all the players want? Yeah, that would be the stage. As I said, um, we came in with big fans this year. It took longer than expected, but um, you can see by the quality we have in our squad, the way we're finishing. Um, the season so yeah I don't, I don't think they're going to sit back now and just give up I think they're going to add to the squad next year and hopefully push on for that as you say yeah, and um, no doubt, like the teams obviously above you, the likes of uh, Dundalk, Cork, Derry, they're they're all um, going for league honours and that kind of thing. But a big, uh, big bogey team could be Wexford Jutes, who are fighting for their lives at the bottom of the table as well and trying to pick up every point they can to try to push themselves out of danger. So that could be a difficult game this coming weekend. Yeah, tough game. We went down there and we lost there the last time we played down there, and we were fortunate because we we batted a goal I think for the first ten twenty minutes, and the keeper was unbelievable that night. I think he made six or seven great saves and. The open ten minutes. So um, no, we're looking to go down and rectify that result from the last time. So it'll be a tough game. As I said, they're they're trying to get the points on the board as well, but no different than any other game at the moment. Yeah, Connor with uh, confidence is at a I guess an extreme high after scoring four last week. That shouldn't really be a problem. I'm sure you'll be queuing up to to score the goals. Uh, the goals next Friday. It always is a difference. I mean, when when you're down there and things aren't going for you, like maybe it was the last time you went to, you went to Wexford. It's it's a little bit different when you've scored four in your last game. Yeah, like to, to be honest, if uh, anyone was at the game against uh, Sligo, we deserved to, we deserved four goals as well. Now it was tough at times. They had their spell and we defended well, but we took our chances. 
well and as I said uh, we, we deserve it it's the second time we beat them 4-0 this season at home so um, yeah no we're, we're just we're just happy and as I said there's lads obviously goals breathe confidence in the squad and as strikers and stuff like that so I think um, Jared's on 3-3 train, train three and Dara has 2-2 two two as well so a lot of positives yeah and again it it like we said there may not be that uh, that vocal point at scoring goals every game for your front but when you have the likes of Huey Douglas popping up with um, second half winners for you, Sean Harding and under defenders scoring at the weekend like you said earlier they really are coming from all over the pitch but not only that everyone seems to be doing their job at Brighton I mean yourself you seem to you you and Tim Clancy seem to have found a, a decent partnership at the back again as I mentioned uh, Huey Sean Harding players coming in now the team Dylan Connolly offering a lot of pace in the wings I mean every, everyone's really doing their job and I think when that when everyone does their job it all comes together and, and like we've seen again only two defeats in 15 you are really cropping up the table now yeah but like as I said you we're disappointed with the start we've had and players are all doing it now and I think it's a bit more fitness that, that um, has shown that as I said look at Huey's goal last week he, he was up there in their box in the last the last uh, 20 minutes or whatever pushing to try and get that goal so um, fitness plays a big part of it and I just I, I think that um, we weren't fit enough at the, at the start obviously and now we are um, we're contesting everything and once you obviously you win a game and you get a goal there's a belief that gets installed in the team a winning belief and we have that at the moment we can think we can go out and match anybody yeah, and Connor, just bringing you to one of your former clubs for a minute, Shamrock Rovers, a, a lot happening there, uh, some positive, some negative, obviously a little bit negative on the pitch at the minute, but uh, a lot going on, um, trying to redevelop the academy there and all that's happening up in Roadstone, all the players coming through to the uh, to the first team, but what's, what's your opinion on what's going on there? Do you think it's maybe too early for a lot of these lads? Is that reflecting in results or do you think the whole project uh, Shamrock Rovers going on at the minute is a really good one and one that's, that'll benefit the first team in years to come? Yeah, well it's only positive when you're bringing young lads in from, from the area, so um, yeah, listen, that's the way they're going to go I think um, they stated that as well and Stephen is a young manager as well he's only new to it as well, so they put the belief in there, and they seem to put the belief in the youth. So let's see how it goes. Um, they're willing to do it. They've they've given managers in the past a lot of money, and it hasn't worked out. So why not give it a go? And uh, since you've gone there, you you again you've come to Bray. You've spoke already about how professional it is, how much you're enjoying it. Um, after the baby, well, I wouldn't say oh, I'm not going to say rope. Spellish Hammer Rovers. Do you, do you think you've 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 found a, a space at Bray that you're happy to stay and maybe play out the rest of your career, or is it are other clubs something you're still open to? Yeah, no, listen, I'm, uh, I'm enjoying my football. Um, it took me a while last season. I uh, had my hip operation and uh, to get back into it, so it took me a while. But now I'm, I'm enjoying my football this year. I feel fitter than ever. Um, and long may continue. And uh, just on a final note, we've already spoke about Wexford after that. It's uh, Bows at home, followed by Harps away. Three, I guess you'd be in the confidence you're there. that's there at the minute. You'll be thinking they're three very winnable games and you'll be looking to go full steam ahead and pick up as many points as that's possible between now and the end of the season. Yeah, but when you're looking at it that way as well, Bows will be looking at the three points there, thinking they can get three points against us and so and Harps. So as I said, this time of year, it's an interesting time because um, as you've seen Long- Longford winning last week, team builds momentum from winning games, so uh, it's an interesting time of year and uh, some surprises out there as well. Well, Connor, thanks very much for taking the time out to speak to us and we wish you the very best of luck down in Wexford this weekend.
ExtraTime.ie. Get in touch through Facebook or tweet us at Extra Time News. League of Ireland football is our passion. Garrett speaking to Conor Kenna there. Brayer obviously full of confidence at the minute, but clearly he's regretting the the very false start Bray, Bray have had since the start of the season and feels that it's only now when, when their fitness levels and they're actually starting to, to gel as a team that the the real product of Bray Wanderer is starting to show now. Yeah, they've really clicked, um, kind of what we expected at the start of the season, I suppose, for uh, the team to come out, play the way they have been over the last um, ten to twelve weeks. I guess they've just been pretty much on fire, and the form team in, in the whole in the whole country, um, bar maybe Limerick in the first division, but uh, everyone else is just they've been blown away by Bray. They've been beating everyone left, right, and centre. They haven't lost in so long, and it's really just looking like a very good time for the club. But uh, it does kind of beg the picture of why it was such a poor start, and I have no doubt that Harry Kenny's probably the man to lead them into next season and make sure that they don't have the same start and they don't make the same mistakes that they obviously made at the start this year and it's, it's also nice that we haven't kind of heard any negative stories out of Bray they were releasing press releases by the hour there at one stage with uh, players going on strike and not being paid and six different managers resigning and what's, what not um, so there's really a bright future at the club if they can get their off-field business which they look to have kind of sorted out in the last few months um, they kind of finally got it in order which it, it took like nearly 12 months for them to sort that out but eventually it has been sorted out and really I suppose if they can finish strong it will be kind of a similar situation to what Limerick had last year where all the players wanted to stay and wanted to be part of uh, the growing project Yeah we mentioned to uh, Connor there maybe the, the the lack of a vocal point up front for Bray at the minute um, but he, he, did, he did say and it was a valid point that everyone's been chipping in with goals um, like the other night four different goal scores in a, in a 4 nil win once again they were Jared Pender Darren Noon Andrew Lewis and uh, once a UCD Sean Harding as well uh, but do you think to take that next step that they really do need that 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 name up front who's going to be scoring goals we can we go for them or do you think they can go on like this and and continue to to I guess uh, attribute the goals throughout the team? Yeah, there's no doubt they kind of do need to definitely bring in a, kind of a marksman or a legitimate number nine who's going to be able to bang the goals in. You see all the best teams have it, and if they're going to break into those European places, they're going to they're going to need one because that's what all the other teams have, and they they kind of need a man. They can't be relying relying on people breaking from midfield. Dylan Connolly's kind of made a godsend from the, for them this year, and to be honest with you, I don't know how long, much longer he's going to stick around for because he's just blown everyone away. No one seems to be able to defend them, and he's just banging goals in left, right, and centre, and creating so much for his teammates as well. Has to be said so if he does manage to stay at Bray it will be a surprise after this year um, I, I certainly think number 9 is going to be number 1 on Harry Kenny's winter transfer list Yeah and um, as we mentioned a couple of times two defeats in the last 15 um, a new staff here there only only uh, 13 goals conceded in that time yeah people might think yeah that's about average but considering now you, you can't really make excuses for this but four of them goals are away to away to Cork City and uh, stretching back to actually the a couple of rounds ago in the FAI Cup which was the the last game that that 15 was a 4-3 defeat to UC, UCD in that freak FAI Cup game so other than that there's only there's only five goals to go by in whatever other 13 games which is which is quite incredible and shows that Brave have a good balance there now at the back end and in the attacking areas of the pitch also yeah, it does. They've they've really um they've really pulled everything together. Like Hugh Douglas at the back, and um, they've solid goalkeeper now at the moment as well. The whole back line's done well midfield. Then you got centre midfielders who are actually controlling the game, and they're kind of they're dictating the play as well. They're not just kind of 
breaking people up in tackles or whatever and they've got wingers then who are um, also attacking now and they're, they're managing to get up and down the place so it's really like it's, it's unlike Bray at the start of the season where no one really knew what they were at and it, it looked like a bit like a, a bad a Sunday league team kind of gone wrong or that had been out the night before and didn't know what they were at You're listening to and Gareth, uh, aside from all the Premier Division and First Division action happening at the weekend, we had uh, the A Sports Cup final on Saturday evening down in the Marketsfield in Limerick. Uh, St. Pat's coming out uh, 4-1 winners despite uh, Limerick being ahead for, for a lot of the game. Uh, over an hour, of course, Lee Lynch opening the scoring after 17 minutes. Christy Fagan equalising on 65. Conan Byrne making it 2-1, 6 minutes from time. But there was still time for Jamie McGrath and Graham Kelly to add further goals to, to make it 4-1. And I guess that's quite a quite a, a season-saving result for St. Pat's down there. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, they needed silverware and they kind of to win it back-to-back. Is uh, no, no mean feat, even though their league form has been just so horrendous. Um, I really don't know whether Liam Buckley is going to be still there next year, but that's not to, that's not for us to speculate. But no, a good win for Pats. Um, they kind of they got their act together there in the last half an hour or so and managed to score four goals. Limerick kind of fell to pieces, um, which is unlike Limerick as well. And they'll be quite disappointed the fact that they managed to run right in the first division meant that they didn't really have too many challenges and um, Pats managed to knock them out of both the FAI Cup and... Um, um, they ended up being losing uh, losing finalists in the EA Sports Cup. So um, Limerick will be quite disappointed, but um, they're going to regroup now and move on to Pastures New um, and get ready for the next season's Premier Division scene as they don't really have any proper contests or uh, anything worth to play for apart from the fact they could become, one, I think, the first team ever to go a whole season unbeaten. Um, but yeah, no, Pats will be delighted with, to get the four goals and to get the victory. So I don't, the season saving, maybe not because it looks like they're going to miss out in Europe unless they manage to win the FAI Cup. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, overall for Limerick, then um, it would have been an absolute fantastic season having just been relegated to, well, it looks like they could very easily go the, the full first division season unbeaten, but to add a cup to that would have been quite magnificent. And like even though the result reads Limerick won St Pat's four, I mean it looks it looks like six minutes before the end of the game we were heading for extra time and then obviously Limerick pressed for that equaliser and Pat's picked them up picked them off a couple of times so they certainly didn't disgrace themselves despite being against Premier Division opposition and they they look like they could be well up for um, maybe even challenging for European places next season. Yeah, well, I saw an interview with uh, their chairman, um, and he said that they were, um, without doubt, going for a top four finish next year, um, which would be pretty impressive considering they're only just getting promoted. But um, no reason why they can't, if they do strengthen, more than likely a lot of players would have, even though they do have such a strong squad, a lot of players would have turned it down just because it is the first division. So um, there'd be a lot of players excited to move there, and of course you're playing in front of a big enough crowd in Marketsfield as well. No doubt they even get bigger than they were this year. Um, they'll have bigger crowds next year, so they'll be, uh, be an attractive prospect for any. Um, any of the Premier Division um, players who maybe don't make it into Dundalks or Shamrock Rovers or the likes Extratime.ie Get in touch through Facebook or tweet us at Extra Time News. League of Ireland football is our passion And now we're delighted to be joined on the line by Dundalk reporter Quivian Riley Quivian you're very welcome man. Thanks, thanks very much for having me Josh uh, Quivian, obviously the the reason for you being on is uh, is of course the the fact that you were in Alkmaar last week for the AZ Alkmaar Dundalk game in the Europa League, uh, quite a prestigious result for Dundalk, a one all draw here on Duff, of course getting that that last minute equaliser. But being there from as a as a reporter, having seen so many League of Ireland games, what what was it like to to go and report on a match of that kind of scale and that kind of a stadium as well? Oh, it was it was 
Well, you know, I, I suppose it was it was an incredible experience. Um, you know, being being out in a, a ground like that. You know, I suppose Tallaght Stadium is the only League of Ireland ground that could come anywhere near it. Um, the the atmosphere, I suppose, around it, the whole stadium prior to kick off was was unbelievable and, and something I suppose unparalleled again in, in any League of Ireland ground. Um, the, the facilities that were there, everything was just it was just I suppose meteoric, you know, in, in terms of, of, of Irish domestic club football. Um, you know, my own experience I suppose of, of being in the press box was to you know was was crawling with European journalists and, and even speaking to to AZ officials before they weren't really sure what to expect from Dundalk and you know for, for, for Dundalk to, to put on such a, a fantastic performance um, you know probably their, their, their biggest and, and you know it was probably their I would go as far as saying their, their best up there with, with the Bate performance in terms of quality and, and the level of performance the players produced you know and, and with, with, with such a, a large travelling you know, following them as well, it, it, it just, it all come together on, on a, a very spectacular night. And, you know, I think that result shows, shows, you know, two things possibly for the future. One is that, you know, this team can actually, you know, play at this level and possibly progression is, is there for the taking. You know, when ESA had come and, and, and visit Ireland, I, I don't see anything that, that should fail Dundalk. In terms of Maccabee, you know they they obviously let a big lead slip slip at home to home to Zenit, um, and and you know you don't know what sort of you know frame of mind they're going to become at Ireland, and so it's definitely it's definitely progression is definitely something Dundalk should be aiming for. And second of all, you know Dundalk's fixture schedule has been relentless in, in recent weeks, and having to play games in such a short frame of in a short frame. And then going and putting on such a performance, you know, it, it was just incredible, and it shows that how how good this team actually is. Yeah, and um, I guess we've been obviously undated. Uh, thanks very much for your coverage of the game, all the post-match interviews and stuff. So you're obviously interacting with the the players and Stephen Kenny a little bit as well. Were did they seem phased at all, or or by the whole occasion? Or? Everybody was 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 elated, and I, I mentioned Kieran Kilduff and a few of the pieces, him especially. You know, he was so he was so genuinely around speaking to everybody. He was only after scoring the biggest game, scoring you know probably the biggest game at the dark season to date uh, in terms of, of you know where it leads him now, and and probably the, the biggest goal he has ever scored. And and like he said, he said that you know he was really waiting for an opportunity to go and, and score such a goal, uh, and on such a stage having missed you know the league game, so. Absolutely, he, he, him especially, he was so grateful. He was nearly shaken. Well, I, I thought he was nearly shaken when he was speaking to. Him. And obviously, Andy Boyle, as, as humble as ever, come out and, and you know, he had no problems. He told it as it was. And, and Stephen Kenny, like I seen him sharing a moment with, with Brian Kerr and, and Des Corn with their sport. It, it, he, him, him, he just, he was beaming. And, and uh, you know, I, I think I put up a picture on, on Twitter of him before before the game actually begun. He was looking up at the Dundalk supporters, and and he was he was in cheer. You know, he, it was a real touching moment. He was standing on the, you know, in the middle in the middle of the field, looking up at them with a smile on his face. It really, it really just brings everything home on on how much it means to, 
to his team and, and the supporters themselves. I really, you know, it was just it was just fantastic to be there and, and to be, you know, part of it all. And while you're speaking of the reporters, of course, there's the the infamous story that when uh, when the dock were on the way to the airport, I think it was it was Wednesday afternoon, and they saw the uh, they saw one of the supporters' buses broke down in the M1, and Stephen Kenny told pretty much a busload to just climb onto the team coach because they were meeting a good few of the players in uh, in Dublin Airport. That just shows how amazing it is, and the kind of character. I'm not sure people know what to make is Stephen Kenny as a character uh, really before that, but. That just shows how humble and how together he wants this group to be, and what kind of a man he really is. Well, if you ever if you ever notice uh, his, his any of the press releases that Dundalk do, you know, prior to a game, when when you're reading his quotes and even his quotes after games and in the local papers, he always has a mention of the supporters and that you know we have so many supporters following us here, there, and everywhere. And, you know, he really he really interacts with them. Uh, you know, when he comes out onto the pitch at Oriel Park, there's always a huge ovation for him, and, and he acknowledges them. So there's, there's, you know, there's an awful lot of respect for Stephen Kenny as a man and for what he's done for the club. And you know that 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 that, that basically sums up the relationship between him and, and the Dundalk fans and, and the whole the whole club. You know, in general, you know, the majority of, of people who who run Dundalk as a club are volunteers and are supporters, and. Yeah, he, he just—he really acknowledges him. There's, there's a great—he's just—he's just, he's just a, a brilliant, brilliant person to be at the helm of the club, and, and the fans really, really appreciate him and what he's done. And then, of course, Craven, you were kind of in in the um, in the general area about 24 hours before the actual game. Was there kind of a feeling amongst the supporters or amongst the city that maybe there was going to be something special happening um, that evening in terms of being able to actually have a real belief that there was going to be a special result amongst the fans? Obviously, the players had a, a lot of belief, but did the fans or even people you were talking to um, actually believe that there could have been a result as well? Well, I think that the fact that there was, there was nigh on a thousand supporters that travelled, I think that, that says something about it. Like, if they were going... You know, possibly if they were going somewhere where a result wasn't maybe likely, there might there might have been as much demand for it possibly. Um, so I think that that for a start shows that there was a belief uh, in general that, that that something could be achieved. Now, when you were when you were actually speaking to people, and when I was speaking to people that morning, you know, there was a, a bit of hemming and hawing going on. They weren't sure, you know. I, I can actually quote it on Doc's support from a couple of weeks ago who said that it was actually after after the game with FH at home where we threw, he says, you know, I just don't think we're good enough. And I don't know whether the, the belief in this team was, was 100% there, you know, heading heading into heading into the ASI game. Um, I think people might have been going to the experience and just to see how the first day went. Uh, but definitely, you know, after the game, there's belief that this team can definitely, you know, it, it has no boundaries. You know, there isn't. It's, it's it's a team that has broken every record, going every club record. Arguably, the, the best team in Irish football, never mind in the history of Dundalk itself. So, before the game, I, you know, I certainly believed that, that there was there was a result there for the taking. I don't know about all the supporters, but definitely in, a, in the aftermath, there's there's huge belief ahead of ahead of the Maccabee game. In, two weeks time and then just finally on the supporters um, obviously the goal, the goal went in just what was the um, what was the reaction amongst obviously the fans and, and indeed in the press box um, to Kildoff heading that goal in it was uh, I suppose watching the supporters uh, it was it was incredible it was absolutely incredible one thing that I think um, 
possibly when you looked over at the supporters when they were all bunched in so tightly or one the Jesus, you know, it, they could have maybe spread them out a bit. But, you know, when the goal went in to see them in, in such a tight space and, and the, the sheer elation, uh, you know, I, I don't think it was it was relief, it was elation. You know, Kieran Kalof went over and milked every bit of it. That was, that was a fantastic sight. But even in the press box, like, I, I think I made the point in a reflection piece that I sent to you, you know, it, it was... It was absolutely incredible, you know, Kieran Callan and Darren Crawley, who were members of Up and Dogs media section, you know, you'd think they'd be the most sort of um, being actually employed by the club and being linked to the club, you'd think they'd be the, the more calmer part of it, but they, you know, it, it meant so much to them and even, even myself and that. It was funny enough, you know, around the, the press box there was Dundalk supporters and some of them actually made their way into the, the press box. I don't know whether UEFA's regulations would, would would abide by that, but, uh, you know, the press box was just a fabulous place to be. You know, all the Irish the Irish journals and, and lads that travelled all congregated in, in alongside each other. And, you know, the, the, the look on, on people's faces was was just something something incredible and something that I'll certainly never forget. It was just, it was fantastic. It was up there with Richie Towles. Cup final winner last year, definitely. Well, Quivin, thanks very much for sharing all your experiences and we wish you the best of luck in covering Dundalk for the rest of the league campaign and the rest of the Europa League as well. Thank you and hopefully it'll be it'll be deep into next season as well. Extratime.ie Get in touch through Facebook or tweet us at Extra Time News. League of Ireland football is our passion. So, Gareth, the... Uh, very, very prestigious result for Dundalk uh, last week, obviously, in the Europa League tie with AZ Alkmaar out and Alkmaar that one all draw. Kieran uh, Kilduff obviously salvaging it in the end with that last minute strike, but what a night for Dundalk. Yeah, uh, it was just a fantastic occasion. Kind of, I was watching it in um, in a pub in town and it was kind of it was good to see that the match was actually on. The bartender did put his foot down and made sure that the Manchester United fans had to leave the pub, and as they did as soon as they realised the game wasn't on, <laughs> went to another one. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it was fantastic album Kieran Kildare, especially after going down to ten men, as you were saying. Um, Stephen O'Donnell sent off, which is um, it's it was kind of it was a reckless challenge in my opinion. Anyway, he shouldn't really have got in there. He's he's got the I think he's got some sort of record under himself now of being suspended twice in being the first Irish player to be suspended twice in um, European competition <laughs> in the one season. So um, well done to him on that. But yeah, no fantastic off from Kieran Kilduff. Um, and overall, it was just a fantastic occasion for Dundalk and kind of as. You, the first point is just something that I suppose words can't even really put into perspective. Hopefully they will get a win. And to be honest with you, I backed them to maybe do get uh, to get a win in Tallis Stadium against the likes of AZ um, or one of the other teams. There's no team that they're going to fear now going to whatever place they're going to, whether it be Israel or anywhere else. Um, so it's it's a fantastic um, number of weeks lie ahead for Stephen Kenny's men. Yeah, we got Quivin's reactions there, but what what's obviously come with qualifying for the Europa League group stages is a quite a sizable uh, domestic pile-up as well. They play Shamrock Rovers uh, this Tuesday, um, followed by a home game against Derry City on the Friday, so that, that tells you how close their games are coming together. Uh, then they obviously have the Europa League game Thursday Thursday week at home to, to McAfee. That'll be quite a big fixture for them as well at Tallis Stadium. I'm sure they'll pack it out. Yeah, well, I suppose the only thing that they can take is at least they do have from Friday to Thursday after prepare prepare for that Europa League game at least they're not like playing on the Tuesday and then having to play on the Thursday or something something crazy like that um, obviously from their, from a league point of view it's a bit of a disaster having to play um, two games in that week especially after coming off um, an away European trip which obviously does take a bit out of you but um, it's kind of 
it's I suppose a consequence of success. So to be honest with you, if at the start of the year, if you were to said they would have this many games due to their progression in the Europa League and have got a point in their first game, I really don't think they would have lost the plot or whatever. But um, they're no doubt going to be doing the usual giving out in press releases and programs and whatever about the FAI. But uh, yeah, no, I, I think it's um, just a, it's a great time for Dundalk Sport if they've got a game every three days or so. So they're going to loads of games and living the life and spending a lot of money. There'll be no Christmas presents in Dundalk <laughs> this, this year. Um, but anyway, uh, I think something that we've noticed with Dundalk since they came in, uh, well, since Stephen Kenny came into Oriel Park, Oriel Park, sorry, is that he's always kept the, the squad a, a nice tiny bunch. And even with this, so many fixtures coming up, he's been reluctant to really uh, change that up. Yes, he's brought in Dean Shields. Yes, he's brought in Alan Keane. But um, as yourself, you probably noticed uh, a couple of weeks ago when they knocked UCD out of the Irish Daily Mail FAI Cup. It was um, the likes of Georgie Poynton, Michael O'Connor, Kieran O'Connor, um, another couple of lads on the bench that from the 1970s that is looking to build up the squad rather than go out and bring outsiders into this very, very tight and very special group. Yeah, exactly. That's what he's he's doing, and he's kind of got two elevens going on with the rotation he had in the cup as well. And for the fact he's he's just had to use the underage players, I suppose, to kind of get there. But they do have some fantastic stars coming through, as I said the two O'Connors and uh, Georgie Pointon as well have done well when they came in, and we we saw them against UCD, and they did do well. So they're going to be very, very, very important players. I suppose they're going to be a lot more important than they might have taught themselves maybe a couple of months back before they real realized they're going to have such a fixture pile up. And um, he's obviously strengthened with one or two signings as well, but they're going to be under pressure. Um, they've done well so far I suppose to deal with that pressure I, I don't think um, I personally expected them anyway to deal with the pressure as well as they have of having so many games and um, they have been able to field two 11s and get results they're not winning anywhere near as convincingly as they were um, a couple of months back when they were able to play their strongest 11 which is understandable but they are still winning by one or two goals which kind of shows another trait of what um, I suppose most people would consider to be true champions or whatever um, the fact they can grind out those results um, in difficult circumstances in a lot of games yeah, just a just a final one on the Holden Dog thing. Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's a massive point that many pundits alike would have picked up on. But it's something it's something I mentioned to uh, Tom O'Connor when we had him on the sportscast last week, and that was the fact that how great an experience this is for these young lads. Not just because they're going to Europe and traveling with the first team, getting to see this, this, and that, uh, lining up for the Europa League uh, team tune, whatever. But the fact that they're getting regular football now at the highest level in Ireland because their first team stars, the Ronan Finn, Stephen O'Donnell, David McMillan's are playing in the Europa League every week. They're the ones that Stephen Kenny's trusting to play in the league games, the cup games. And they're going to really get to experience a title race now, which I think will be absolutely unbelievable for them as they go through their careers. Yeah, without a, without a doubt, it's, it's really given them kind of recognition, recognition um, from all the obviously the national um, media and whatever. The national pe- people are beginning to hear the name Daryl Horgan a lot, and it, it's kind of one of those names that may in, in the years to come become a household name where most people do know them. A lot of people know now of Dundalk and their success, I suppose, and they've kind of put Dundalk as a club on the map. They're players now killed off hopefully after being uh, splashed over the back and front pages for a good bit of it um, can be in the same boat and, and then maybe the likes of Daryl Horgan as well or, and Dave McMillan hopefully they'll perform well Daryl Horgan fantastic performance again um, out in Alkmaar so he's going to certainly put his, his name across the papers and become a household name um, hopefully in the future as well along with the likes of hopefully you can push those players into the reckoning for the Ireland squad um, and Martin O'Neill I'm sure will be watching as well Well that's going to do it for another week's Extra Time Sportscast I'd like to start off by thanking Gareth O'Reilly for coming in to assist with tonight's production. I'd also like to thank all of our guests, including 
Connor Kenneth from Bray Wanderers and our very own Dundalk based reporter Quivian Riley. As always, you can get in touch with us via the usual methods uh, Twitter at Extra Time News, Facebook Extra Time.e. Alternatively, you can email us at Extra Time Live at gmail.com. You can also comment, rate, and subscribe on this very podcast by going to iTunes. Until next week, I've been Josh Dallin. Bye bye. You can email us at Extra Time Live at gmail.com. Get in touch through Facebook or tweet us at Extra Time News. 